What's happening? Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, where we are all about cinematic connections. Each week, we are discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and I am joined, as always, by... Av Sinensky. And Brandon Fitzpatrick. I guess I should say, as most times, because there was a... Brennan and I have our marathon streak going off, but did miss an episode in the middle here. Uh, but last week we discussed Memento by Christopher Nolan. And this week, due to the Christopher Nolan moving on to his next movie connection, we will be discussing uh, his, I guess his third movie, um, Insomnia, as his first was following. Then at the end of the episode, we will decide on our next movie connection based on suggestions from you, our lovely, our lovely uh, listeners, and us. You're even lovelier hosts. Uh, we will be spoiling Insomnia once we just start that discussion. We'll have a little preamble here for a little bit. So once we get to that, if you've not seen Insomnia and don't want to be spoiled on it, uh, we will put the timestamp in the notes where you can jump ahead to the next movie ladder discussion. Or, of course, you can pause this movie. Nope. You can pause this podcast and uh, go back and watch the movie and then unpause and listen to the discussion. I don't believe that Insomnia is streaming for free anywhere. The 1996 version of Insomnia is on the Criterion channel, but this 2002 version, uh, I was not able to find it anywhere without paying for it. So, but uh, you'll find out nope. in our discussion if it's two, worth paying. Two ninety nine in HD on Amazon Prime. Yeah, if it's worth, if it's yeah. worth giving Amazon some money. So once we do uh, decide on our next movie, of course, you can submit your feedback on that movie, your ratings, your questions, comments, uh, and next movie suggestions to us on Twitter at LadderMovie. We're also on Letterboxd, under the same username, and you can email us at themovieladder at gmail.com. All right, that's a lot of preamble. Av, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. I pretty- am currently shacked up in a hotel room because there's no hot water in my apartment oh, man. so that's fun so i decided to take a little staycation i mean you know and uh check myself into a hotel room for a couple of days till the hot water in my apartment gets fixed Did, have you so, put the clock have you put the alarm clock in the uh, desk drawer to hide i have it yet? not but it's really interesting as soon as i turned this movie off last night and closed the blinds in my room and shut off the lights the light from the outside shining through the blinds looked exactly like the light coming through the windows in Al Pacino's hotel room. And it was kind of creepy. So there you go. You so need to put some masking tape over. And then, the yeah, door. I need to go down to the store and get some masking tape. I am in synergy with this movie today. Very fitting. So. Uh, didn't sleep yeah. a wink last night. Oh, no. Good, good. That's the appropriate way. I think we should have all made a vow to stay up all night. Uh, <laughs> I actually was up really late last night. I, uh, Well, I was like half awake. I was trying to watch this episode of The Wire at like 1130, and I think it took me until 2 a.m. to finish it. I kept falling asleep for like 10-minute intervals, and <laughs> I'd have to rewind and start again. I really should have just given up on it and not yeah. uh, kept watching. But. Yeah, uh, definitely do that. I can never go to sleep watching TV. Like, it's, I, I just, if, it, if I'm in the middle of watching something, I'll turn it off and just go to bed. Cause yeah, no, I, I wasn't trying to go to sleep watching it. I was sitting on the couch, and I just kept waking up, and it would be, like, the end of the episode. And I was like, oh, all right, I guess I missed, like, <laughs> half hour. Then I would go back. Um, yeah, that was that was my thrilling Monday night. Fun. So let's start off like we always do. Pull up those letterboxed activity trackers. And uh, what was the best movie that you watched? in the last week or i guess not a movie if you didn't see a movie um av go for it um 
I only saw a couple movies since last week. Um, probably the best one that I saw was a movie that we mentioned on last week's podcast, and that was Big, the oh, uh, what, what what you had identified as belonging rightfully on Tom Hanks's Mount Rushmore. Yep. Um, I watched it with my kids, um, which was interesting because for parents out there, you may not realize that since the PG-13 rating didn't exist until yes. I don't even remember, maybe it was like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, it was right around the same time. It, the the PG-13 okay. um, rating came into play with, I believe, uh, not Last Crusade, but Temple of Doom was the first movie to get a PG-13. Nope. Actually, it was Rescue Dawn was the first movie. Oh, was it really? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was... On July 1st, 1984 is what oh, uh, my oh. Google. So big so that was later than that. So oh. PG-13, I guess, was available for this movie. Um, I don't understand how this movie is PG then. I just assumed it didn't exist yet. Um, yeah. There is at least one F-bomb in this movie. That mm-hmm. Somebody like uh, refers to someone as a bitch at least like five times, yeah. and there's like not like a graphic sex scene, but like there's a sex scene where um, he takes off her shirt and starts like feeling her breasts, and like then it's implied that they have sex. And I was like, I had to like fast forward that. <laughs> my, yeah. my kids asked me a few times what somebody said, and I was like, sorry, I didn't hear. Um, so it was like a little bit of a you know uneven uh watch yeah. with, with my I kids mean, it's I, also kind of creepy when you think about it because he's a 12 year old in a yeah but like that you know that's a, not yeah, gonna I mean, translate to them at all yeah but it was still just like oh i did not remember that this movie had like this sort of stuff in it so it was a little uncomfortable but you know we got through it um they they enjoyed it you know they they like all sorts of things with just like hijinks nice. in them so like the idea of like a, ch- a child getting to pretend that he's an adult and like getting to advise on the different toys was a lot of fun for them so uh it was a fun watch uh, but not necessarily the uh wholesome family movie that you may remember <laughs> yeah it definitely has some stuff that i i watched it uh over i think the holidays i think i watched it and yeah it's it it's a lot different than what you expect um you know, if they if they like that, I feel like now this movie is not nearly as good, but it's a similar concept. Uh, you should show them Blank Check. They, they've seen Blank Check. Oh, okay. Have they yeah. seen Hook? Because that's actually a closer, similar concept. They have not seen Hook. Um, there's also that movie Jack. With we're we're, we're yeah. talking about oh, yeah. all sorts of Robin Williams movies today. You know, we have Insomnia. Yeah. We have Hook and Jack. Is is a you know similar idea as Big. Um, yeah, I feel like um, Hook might be scary. Yeah, I, that, that's what I would think also. Bangarang. Uh, uh, my older daughter has seen like all the Star Wars movies and wasn't really scared okay. of, the, of yeah. those, but then she'll randomly be scared of something that I don't really get why. So Ooh, it's hard yeah, that's a good that's a good discussion it. question. What movie when you were kids scared you like irrationally scared you? I know like Akiva. Actually, I share one with Akiva. Um, we're both we both got scared by uh, E. T. as little kids. Um, yeah, I, I've been trying to get my daughter to watch E.T. for the last three weeks. And for some reason, she's like decided to like have a, an E.T. related vendetta against me and like will refuse to watch any movie other than E.T., even though I am certain she will love it. Yeah, uh, the end of E.T. So I watched it with my mom and I was probably like three or four. Um, mm-hmm. And we had to call my dad home from work when we got to the end of E.T. because I was so scared by, like, with the FBI guys at the end. Of yeah, it. when they when they start coming into the house and, like, yeah. those you know, yellow jumpsuits or whatever those things are called, like, those hazard yeah. hazmat suits. That hazmat suits, uh, yeah. yeah that's, like, that when Elliot scared. is on top of the, like, E.T. coffin thing and he's, like, yeah. banging on it, like, that, that I think, just, like, t- like terrified me. All right, Brendan, what scared you as a kid? What movie scared you? Oh, geez. Well, I I was one of those kids that had a lot of babysitters growing up who would show them completely inappropriate movies for my age. So I was getting like 
six, seven, eight years old getting like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween in my brain that young. And so, you know, obviously those are the movies that scared me. But as far as a children's movie that scared the crap out of me when I was a child, uh, The Witches. Oh, that's a good movie. I never saw that. It's a a very scary book. So the children get turned into rats. Mm-hmm. And they did this awesome visual effect that's, like, awesome now as an adult, but terrifying when you're a child, where the kid just gets melted down into being, like, a mouse from being a human, and it's effing terrifying. Yep, it's, I remember, yeah. I so, remember yeah. that. Yep. That, yeah, that, that's the big one for me, yeah. And, uh, Av, what about you? What is, do you have a movie that scared you as a little kid? Nothing that I could remember specifically. I'm sure there was. Nothing's like ringing a bell. I do remember going to see Jumanji with my family. And my like we had to like take my sister, my little sister out of the theater because she was like so scared by something. Like, it was it was again like very random. Like it wasn't I don't I don't even remember what it was. There was like some scene like late in the movie that she was just like started screaming in the theater. because She was so scared, even though like there had already been like the part where like the guy like hunts people. It was just like shooting at them. That was she was fine with. And that um, guy was Robin Williams, too. Yes, for that. Well, yeah, I bet, I bet, but there was like that hunter guy, that like safari oh, that, guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, was yeah, safari guy. Yeah. yeah, so like to me, like that was like the scariest part of the movie where the guys just like going around like ga- shooting humans as game. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> Robin Williams just... coming coming up a lot today. Um, yeah, yeah, big Robin Williams week. Right, well, well yeah. um, that was a little detour, but uh, yeah, it's a fun discussion. All right, Brendan, what well, was the best movie you watched this week? Well, I did not watch any extra Robin Williams movies this week. Um, but I did see a few movies. Um, because to make up for lost time, I saw a grand total of seven movies between last week and this week, and I'm just going to list them off for you and then dig down into one of them. So between last Wednesday and last night, I watched the original Thor, I too Extraction, that. starring Chris Hemsworth, uh, There Will Be Blood, Ooh. The Farewell, the fo- not The Following, but Following which is Christopher Nolan's course movie, uh-huh. uh, The World's End, the Simon Pegg movie, and Super 8. Well, I want to drill down into my visit of There Will Be Blood because I... This is a rewatch for you, right? This is a rewatch, and this is a movie I did not think was very good the first time I watched Brennan's it. a PTA hater, so... I am a noted PTA hater. I will say that while I still think No Country for Old Men is a better movie, and I'm still a Coen Brothers over PTA guy, I did appreciate this movie a lot more this time than when I watched it the last time, probably back in 08. I found it visually compelling, visually stunning. The acting was magnificent. The music is great. The score is great. The story kept me hooked and engaged the entire way through. Uh, Paul Dano is just an incredible freaking actor. Um, it's got one I, of the most impressive opening 20 minutes of any movie yeah. also. Oh, the, yeah. The, the opening, Quentin, Tar- Quentin Tarantino, I think, has said that that's like his favorite stretch of like any movie in history. It's so intense, and yeah. it was so good. Um, yeah, this was a solid watch, and it was a great movie to sit down with a glass of Irish whiskey and just like have my feet propped up in my recliner and, like, let the movie take me wherever it was going to go. Zach insisted that I keep my phone in the uh, kitchen and not message anybody the entire movie, and I obliged. I put the phone down, I stayed in the living room, and I was hooked the entire time. 
And so if you haven't revisited There Will Be Blood in several years, I highly recommend you do it. Um, I still think No, no Country for Old Men is the better movie, but um, I mea culpa to Zach for not revisiting revisiting it sooner. So there you go, Zach. There's my well, movie, There Will yeah, Be Blood. Yeah, we all, you know, movies hit us at different times. I think, like, yeah. even when... You know, there will be blood came out. I think it was it was pretty cl- critically acclaimed and popular, but I think it's really gained a lot uh, over the years that people have come around to this movie and it's you know gets put on more lists. And you know, I don't was it even nominated? The I guess it was probably nominated. It was. Picture, yeah, right? it was. It was nominated yeah, it was for a lot. It was yeah. nominated for best picture and director. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis won best actor. Um, it was strangely not nominated for best score, even though like almost everyone agrees it's one of the best scores yeah, ever. Written uh, because like like weird like Oscar rules something where like the percentage of the of the movie that the score plays on like wasn't like enough or was too much or something I don't even remember it was a whole controversy and everyone was like how did that not get nominated um, but yeah no it was it was very uh, Oscar heavy that movie uh, it didn't win too many but it got maybe a lot it was of box office that it wasn't that I don't know I just feel like like people liked it when it came out but I just feel like in the years since it, it gets way more critically acclaimed in a a movie that. I think it's similar to that. That is is much much highly regarded, more highly regarded now than it was when it came out as Zodiac. Um, I don't feel like people like appreciated Zodiac that much, and now you see it like on the top of uh, list for the for that decade all the time. Yeah. So it was it was nominated for eight Oscars. Um, so I have no idea. Best director. It won. It, it won for best actor and for cinematography. Yeah, it, it was nominated for pretty much everything else that No Country was nominated for. And if No Country wasn't there, it probably would have swept everything, right? Mm-hmm. Minute theory. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, There Will Be Blood will, will very frequently appear uh, ranked as the best or at least top five movies of the decade of the 2000s or mm-hmm. even of the century so far. And, you know, for some people on like their greatest movies of all time list. So, like, you know. It's uh, it's certainly a movie that has continued to gain very widespread appeal. I think I, there was like it was trending on Twitter this week because I think somebody wrote like a negative review of it. It was like, why does everyone yeah. like this movie? And then obviously, <laughs> oh, it was uh, a, film, yeah, film it was Twitter. A, it was like a, it got into like sexism in that movie. I think that it was like, oh, yeah. I think it came to it from a feminist perspective. Well, there are, well, there are no female characters in the movie, so that's certainly yeah. something that's, that there's has one pointed out. Yeah, um, there's Paul Dano's yeah. daughter, and she has no agency. But yeah, it's it's always good to go back to a, a good movie that you might not have appreciated at the time. So I'm the I'm the yeah. way you are about uh, there will be blood about no country for old men. I didn't get what all the hubbub was about it. I thought it was like it was fine, but I didn't really like it that much. And it's been on my list to rewatch that movie and give it another shot because I think I would like it more the second time. All right, uh, talk to you next week. Uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> I have a lot of movies on my watch list in the next week. <laughs> uh, one of which is one you just watched. I actually uh, am planning to watch. Fo- uh, not the following. Um. Uh, farewell. farewell. Farewell is really good. You'll really like it. Farewell watched, is very. It's, is, it's very funny. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, yeah, it's, it's a movie that it's would be. I think it's like basically impossible to not like. You know, your, your yeah. mileage might vary on whether you think it's like amazing or just good. But I, I just I can't imagine any like normal film fan seeing that movie and yeah. saying, "Oh, I hated it." Like it's 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 wholesome. It's funny. It's sweet. Um, I do. I, we won't harder. talk about it now, but maybe. Maybe after Zach sees it, if he yeah. wants to talk about it next week, I have what I think is a very good plot hole point out of that movie and the ending movie that I thought was going to be the ending to the movie that I think mm-hmm. solves that plot hole. So yeah. maybe we'll get into that next yeah. week. It's 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 like it's it's spoilery. So, you know, but 
let's yeah, wait for it to see Zach's. Maybe way. maybe we'll talk about we'll tack it on to the end of the review next or the end of the podcast next week. Yeah, um, I would love I would love to talk more than Tyler Wilding because I know why I have thoughts. So yeah. Yeah, I uh so I watched uh Tiger Tail this week. That's not my pick, but I hmm. I watched on my personal ladder, I watched Tiger Tail, which is uh Alan Yang's story about his father coming over from Taiwan um and his experiences. And I figured that would be a good connection to The Farewell. So The Farewell is the next movie I'm watching on my personal ladder at some point this week. But the movie I want to talk about is uh, a movie from 1923. It's a silent movie. Wow. And it is called Safety Last. So uh, I'm doing a uh, – my friend posted on Twitter this 2020 movie challenge where every every month there is a different type of movie you need to watch. And this month's movie was a silent movie. Uh, and it needs to be a movie you've never seen before. And I've seen a couple silent movies coming up couple of Chaplin ones. I've seen The General with Buster Keaton, and I've seen Nosferatu and Metropolis. Um, but Safety Last, what, all I knew about it was that the cover is the main character hanging off of a clock, which was actually referenced in Back to the Future when Doc mm-hmm. Brown is hanging off of the clock tower. Uh, so I figured like I would give Safety Last a chance. I didn't really know anything about it. I knew it was supposed to be pretty good. Uh, it was on the Criterion channel, and it was only like 75 minutes. Um, I was seriously blown away by this movie. I could not believe this was made in 1923. It le- had some legitimately like very funny. I mean, it's it's very like physical comedy, but um, some very there was parts that made me actually laugh out loud. And um, the end of the movie, you know, when yeah, I don't really want to get into like where the plot goes, but the end of the movie was like actually legitimately stressful watching it. Um, which I couldn't believe that a, a black and white silent movie from 1923 like elicited that kind of emotional response. Um, so uh, if you have access to the Criterion channel, I think it's probably streaming other places too because it's so old. It's, uh, I think it's in the public domain now. Um, and it's, it's a short movie. It's a little over an hour. It's called Safety Last. You definitely can't have your phone out for this one because it's silent. And so you have to be able to read the title cards that come up. But uh-huh. um, I, I would recommend that one. So um Definitely the oldest movie we've ever talked about on this podcast, I would assume. That's a great call. Uh, I, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, when you mentioned it, I had to look it up and like make sure it wasn't like a Chaplin that I had missed or something. I thought it was Chaplin as yeah. well. So it's That's actually really cool. Harold, it's yeah. Harold Lloyd, who I'm not very familiar with, okay. but apparently he was a big silent movie star. And mm. um, he always played like the dumb physical, kind of, like the Kramer type, you know, physical humor, like running into Got things. It. And I'm assuming that Harold Lloyd is the basis for Harry and Lloyd, the two characters in Dumb and Dumber. Ah, okay. I mean, it seems like it, it, that's got to be the case. So Interesting. Yeah. It, it's right. my number one movie of 1923, I will say. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's true. I'd have to look at what else came out in 1923, but I'm assuming so. It was cool to see also just like cities, like literally 100 years ago. Um, right. And I was thinking, too, just about, like, the pandemic that we're in right now and that they had recently had the 1918 pandemic. Um, mm. So they were only a couple of years removed from that. And it was nice to see society back to normal. Gave yeah, a little hope. I'm sure. So, um, and like Brendan, I, I also watched Thor because of the Post Show Recaps Marvel movie rewatch uh, podcasts that are going on. And uh, Thor is not good. It's like, it doesn't hold up as well as I thought it oh would. Oh my god. I Have thought you watched Iron Man two held recently? Up better um I watched it like a year and a half ago. Um I think it's pretty good. I don't mind it. I think the second one is terrible. Yeah, so um, I like but I, think, the I think the first one is solid. I think it, yeah, I I the, the truth is like I I really don't like when they're like in shit, what's the name of their place? 
Oh, ask, uh, Askabar. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't like when they're there. Like I, it's, it's too, like, I, I get lost in like the celestial stuff in the MCU sometimes. Um, and like other than guardians where like, it doesn't really matter because it's not the point of what's happening. Um, so like the Thor movies sometimes throw me for a loop. Um, so I don't always follow like what's going on with like the different dimensions and planets or whatever the hell they even are. Uh, but I really think the, I think the Thor Loki dynamic is really great, especially early. I think it, it kind of runs out of, ga- out of gas as we go deeper into the MCU and you kind of go back to the well on the, on the third or fourth time of like, okay, well, Loki, I'm really trusting you this time. And then he, you know, he's Loki. Uh, but I think at first it's pretty strong. Yeah. So my big problem with it is that, uh, so it was directed by Kenneth Branagh and he just like tries so hard to like make it intense. And it's like all these super close ups and like Dutch angles and like everything is like askew. And it, and once I noticed that that was what the style was, I was just like, it was all I could pay attention to. I felt like I was watching like a Transformers movie. Yeah. He, he Shakespeare's the shit out of it too. I mean, he tries to basically make it this hyper dramatic, hyper stylized, modern shakespeare and it just doesn't really work yeah on those on those levels there's some good stuff it's not the worst there there is some really good stuff it's uh i was disappointed i thought it was going to be better and it it really was like you can see the seeds being planted for the humorous side of thor that comes out later but he's not fully there yet he's not peak thor but it's there you can see the you can see a little bit of it around the edges and uh, speaking of seeing the seeds of greatness in a movie, let's talk about yeah. a really Christian Nolan movie. <laughs> so, uh, yes, this week's latter movie uh, that we picked from last week is Insomnia. And, uh, of course, last week we watched Memento, which was Christopher Nolan's breakout hit from 2000. Insomnia was a couple years later, I think after he got so much acclaim for uh, Memento, he got a deal with a major studio to do a movie with some uh, big name actors. So uh, Insomnia is a uh, murder investigation movie starring Al Pacino and Hilary Swank and Robin Williams. Uh, It takes place in a small town in Alaska, which, uh, you know, Alaska throughout the year has uh, like I don't. I don't know exactly what the what it, the reason for it or what it's called, but it's it's uh, daylight twenty hours or twenty two hours a day, and also yeah, darkness a, twenty hours a day. It's a seasonal light and dark where light and dark t- can take up an entire day just because of the way the sun rotates and all, or the earth rotates around the sun and all that. So, um, and so the movie is light the entire time, and yep. uh, we see Al Pacino his. Uh, his character is named Will uh, Will Dormer, Detective Will Dormer, and he is investigating the murder of a young girl. Um, and Hillary Swank is another detective that is local to Alaska. So uh, Will Dormer comes she's in from Alaska. Yeah, so Nobody she's like, and she like really looks up to to Will Dormer yeah. to Al Pacino's character. Um, and then Al Pacino also has a partner named Hap, and there's some other cops in the city, and then um, a mysterious author. Named Walter Finch, who is played by Robert Williams, who gets involved in the in the murder investigation. So, um, broad strokes. I uh, I know we chatted a little bit before it. Uh, what what do you think overall about this movie? Yeah, so I am on record both on this podcast and otherwise as like not being the biggest Christopher Nolan enthusiast. Um, he's have made, I would say, I think only. I think are great, and that is the movie we, we talked about last week, Memento, and The Dark Knight, the second in the Batman trilogy. Um, 
the rest of his movies for the most part are movies that I could I would describe as extremely ambitious and stylish and visually incredible that delve into very interesting ideas but I think for for me at least most of them I find to be just like too convoluted where I just feel like they're aimless at times and just like lose focus and I often find his characters to be just like very cold and not well developed and just like I often like end up leaving very frustrated when I see a Christopher Nolan movie um that said I think this is by far his worst movie um and not that it's bad it's just so straightforward and like just kind of I mean I wouldn't say it's paint by numbers because there definitely it does things that like a traditional just like cop chasing bad guys movies wouldn't do like it, it it has there's more there there than that but it just like in in the context of his filmography this movie just seems like so just like plain and unambitious that it's like it has to be last for me like I, um and again not to say that it's a bad movie i think it's like it's very it's well made it's competent there's good actors in it um there's nothing like glaringly terrible about it it's just like kind of like okay like i saw that it was fine um, I didn't really like take away anything from it in terms of like what's this movie about, um, and it's just the, I, I would say the other main thing is like that like the title of this movie I think is extremely deceptive because like not even deceptive just like it kind of doesn't earn its title I just like didn't think that the daylight insomnia element of the movie really added much um, like it was there it was present but like I was like surprised I felt like that the whole movie was going to be about kind of like that you know how the experience of him like operating without sleep and how that's affecting him and there was like a little bit of that but like i just like i didn't think that it really mattered right and instead it ends up being about the moral ambiguity of his police work and yeah which which, yeah, which, which is not me was not ambiguous to me uh, yeah not ambiguous at all we and we can, not, we can not get compelling to that. at all you know yeah. um i i thought this was a bad movie propped up by two very good actors and one of whom, ironically enough, seems to be sleepwalking his way through the park. Um, Al Pacino is a very good actor. Robin Williams is a very good actor. And they're the most compelling things about this movie. If you like those two actors, you might be able to find something you like. But otherwise, this movie just didn't do anything for me. It felt very um, too smart for its own good, trying to make the plot complicated when it was so obviously not complicated. Like it's smart it was, for its own good is, is is what I would use to describe a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, it was well, it was ramping up the tension in the music and the plot when there was there didn't need to be tension. It was just nonsensical at points. There there were characters, minor characters in the movie that we didn't care about the plot logic in their in their leaps in, lo- in logic of what what they did because we weren't invested in them as characters enough to care that they had no idea what was going on and should have figured this out in two seconds that something was going wrong with this case. And it just, it, the only, the only smart person in this movie is Hillary Swank's character. And she doesn't even discover it. The whole, well, in their defense, the last two minutes and then they all die. And not, not to mention that they, they shouldn't have even been there in the first place because Alaska is not their jurisdiction. They're L.A. cops. It's not like they're FBI agents. Well, they. they, it's, they, they I was going to get to that. I was, that was what I was about it to say. Is that, well, they, it doesn't make sense. I mean, they do explain it as like they were like brought in as like a favor because like the, the the I guess the chief in Alaska is friends with 
Al Pacino's chief in L.A. But like this, these, this local police crew is like so incompetent that they don't even like attempt to solve a murder. Like when he comes up there, like it's not well, like they don't, oh, they don't we, deal with those kind of cases. They said it at the beginning. They said we don't have this kind of stuff up here. So, yeah, they are, they are incompetent because they shouldn't have detectives. I mean, um, it's not like they it's not like they tried to solve it for like a month and like couldn't get anywhere. And they're like, all right, we're going to call right. in a specialist. Right, it's like when you, he comes like this is they're like investigating the crime scene for the first time. Right. It's not they like said you only have 72 hours to to investigate the murder. Or you lose like everything. So it's not they like had these the are the yokel cops from Fargo who have never even had a robbery in their town. These are, you know, we're, we're not led to believe that these people are idiots. Uh, but they're definitely idiots. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you can't tell, I let you guys get your bashing in this movie uh, <laughs> out ahead. And uh, I'm bashing is a strong word. I thought it was fine. I, I, I wouldn't uh, even want to. I wouldn't yeah, want Brennan, you to bash. Brennan, yeah. Brennan was more a bash brother than you. Uh, so uh, I am here to defend Insomnia. I had seen this once before, and I didn't remember anything about it except that, like, oh yeah, Al Pacino goes crazy because he can't sleep and he's trying to investigate a murder. Uh, it's not really what this movie is. Um, I actually like was so pleasantly surprised by this. I think that like, yes, it is the most straightforward Christopher Nolan movie. That is definitely sure. It's probably last in my Christopher Nolan movie rankings, but I like every movie Christopher Nolan has done. Um, What I think this movie is and what it does really well is especially going into it, knowing it's Christopher Nolan as I'm like, all right, like, What's going to be the big twist? Who's really the killer here? You know, like anytime you see a movie like this, it's like a, a homicide investigation. It's like, OK, yeah, you think it's Robin Williams's character, but really it was Hillary Swank's character the whole time or like something, you know, or she's still alive or whatever. Uh, this movie, it was straightforward. We learned very early on in the movie, like, yep, Walter Finch was the killer. And uh, you know, there's no there's no twist there where the twist comes in is that we're actually watching like two murder investigations at the same time because will dormer murders his partner um and uh, is, let's let's uh let's hold off on the word murder for now it kills his partner um kills, yeah. for yeah, uh, ambiguous reasons well that's 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 no, the, the whole premise of the movie is whether or not he did it on purpose right well, we as the audience are given no reason to expect that that was anything other than an accident given what we see in film in how it goes down. Uh, no, because we get a conversation between the two of them a couple scenes before where we know that there's some internal affairs investigation going on that Hap is doing, uh, you know, behind behind Will Dormer's back. And yes, what we see is like it's foggy and you can't tell who's in front of him. And, you know, it's it's ambiguous. We don't know if it's an accident or not. And, you know, it's really like, is this like a subconscious thing where he's like, well, I'll just shoot my partner. Um, you know, for a while it was, um, I think that some of that was confusing and I think that's a nitpick I'll get to, but what I really realized with this movie is it's about duality and there are so many pairs in this movie. There's so much duality in this movie and we get talk of like good cops do this, bad cops do that. And, you know, even the duality of like literal light and dark where it's so light and there isn't actual darkness, but then, you know, like there's a scene in the hotel room where the, um, where more tyranny's character comes in and she says, it's actually really dark in this room. And you don't even realize that it's dark because you're so accustomed to the light in this movie. Um, and I, you know, I wrote down a couple other spots that we'll get to where it's, there is like duality. I mean, even like when you see four, four o'clock on the, on the alarm clock in the hotel room and 
you don't know if it's 4 p.m. or 4 a.m. Like there are so many times in this movie where you just have no time. You have no sense of what time it is because of the the effects of the it being light all the time. Like when when Will Dormer wants to go to the school and start interrogating people and they're like, oh, it's 10 p.m. We can't do that. Um, yeah. I, although I that scene I thought was very badly written because like it just seemed inconceivable to me that like. It wasn't until then that somebody mentioned, oh, by the way, this place that you're going, it's it's going to be light the whole time. Like that right. that would be something that should be told right. in advance. Then, like, oh, you're going to this thing. Like anything I need to know. Oh, yeah, you're going to a place there. where darkness doesn't exist. And that they There's wouldn't no have adjusted their time in either their watches or whatever and been prepared for the time change. Yeah. Like yeah, they would just, know the like time very change. Expositional for me. So, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely so what I what I've really come around to with with Nolan movies in general, and also like I've been watching Westworld right now, which is not Christopher Nolan, but it's his brother, uh, Johnny Nolan, who's doing it is like I accept the ambition of Nolan uh, with its flaws, like every every one of these movies has flaws, but I I really appreciate what what he does and what he achieves. Mm. Um, And, you know, this one definitely had flaws. It's definitely the most straightforward, but I think that it gets a bad rap and it's actually better than um than the reputation that it gets uh it's just christopher nolan's worst movie which if this is christopher nolan at his worst like that's a pretty that's a pretty good floor i agree with that this is actually a pretty good floor for somebody whose films i greatly enjoy i mean i will also to backtrack a little on what i said and tell you guys some things that i did enjoy aside from the two lead performances um i did really like everything that was going on visually with this film as far as the tricks of the eyes and the fog and the light and dark. And I thought that was actually the best scene for me in the movie is the scene with Pacino and Maura Tierney that starts with her coming in and flipping the lights on and going, it's actually really dark in here. And then they have that like really interesting, deep conversation that finally gives you a real sense of who... Al Pacino's character is and then you get that final question that leads him to the end game of his character and kind of sets up the ending of um, what's going to happen to him in the end and the decision he makes you know um, and yeah I think that he might not even know why you know he might not even know if he killed Hap uh, intentionally or not like I think that's that's, part of the other thing yeah. And I mean, even, you know, you talked earlier, like going back to the scene where Hap dies, which is, it's, you know, the foggy, they're, they're chasing, they're chasing Robin Williams's character through that river. Um, and it's really foggy. And even in that scene, the cops that they're with, like they accidentally hit the siren button on the megaphone and alert Rob Williams that they're coming. Like that's, they, these guys are bumbling. These are terrible cops because they're not used to having to do any work. I really think that was what they were trying to tell us. Right. Um, I just, I, just, I wish there had been more time spent with those characters to give us a little more of that flavor. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like yada yada tropiness. Like, uh, yeah. I think about the scene where the boyfriend is being interviewed in the school and he's like smoking a cigarette and he's like, "I don't care what you have to say." <laughs> right. Like that but was like not so, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, that was like such a like stereotypical like murder mystery movie uh, trope, right. and like there were scenes like that, but there's also. Like, I think there is good stuff in here um, that, you know, I think people overlook or like, you know, like it, it's just like it, it, it's very subtle um, mm-hmm. in some ways. It's, it's definitely hits you over the head in, in other ways. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I will defend this movie that's better than what people say. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's interesting because it's like in a way, like I wouldn't even say it's his 
worst. I mean, I said it's his worst movie. Um, it it's it might not be the movie that I enjoyed the least because I think there are others that like I left the movie like more frustrated and like annoyed and like had issues with than this one. What would that this be? is just an I, example of that. Uh, Inception for sure is just the one for me that like I walked out and like everyone who was like praising it I was like yeah this movie was just like too clever for its own good it didn't really make any sense I don't like whatever Um, yeah I know it's on my list to rewatch as we've talked about a few times on this podcast and I you know I will try to go go to it with fresh eyes Um, Interstellar is a movie that like I really like the first half of it and I thought it goes completely off the rails in the second half and just like just things that just like really irritated me like just like didn't make any sense Um, whereas like this movie didn't have anything like that there was nothing that like offended me about this movie it was just like totally banal to me. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious if this movie had any studio influence where they're like, hey, you got to scale back like the, the, you know, you can't do a backwards movie, right? Like this is, I think this is like a Warner Brothers movie. Like this is like a major studio right. who, who, like his first movie with a major studio. And I just do wonder if the studio was like, yeah, you can't tell Insomnia backwards or like whatever. Um, Maybe he had some like crazy plan where he was like, we're going to, I, I, you know, whatever. He, I feel like he there is, are hints of that. This is also his only movie that is not uh, an original Nolan movie. This is adapted from a Norwegian right. movie from a few years earlier. I, I believe the rest of his movies are either written by him or written by his brother. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so is this is, in, is yeah, this adapted is. by that for that 1996 insomnia that I referenced and, earlier? The 1997, yeah, it's yes, it's adapted. It's adapted yeah. from that. I think there. I think there are some differences. I, I listened to a podcast where they were talking about, it, and I think the, the ending is different. But it's definitely an adaptation where I believe the rest of his movies are other than Batman. Obviously, it's not you know original original. But and you know and you Dunkirk is a real life yeah. story. But I think the rest of his movies are you know he's he he was given a movie and he. He, you know, conceived it. Yeah, I think Whereas that's this, more what he adapted from something else. So yeah. it just doesn't have as much of that Nolan originality and stamp on it. And like, listen, I, I'll, I'll criticize Christopher Nolan. He is one of the most original, ambitious filmmakers we have today. And Absolutely. every time he puts out a movie, like I go to it with the hope and expectation that I will love it because of how good he is at constructing films and the, the visuals that he puts in films. And just like he, he likes exploring heady subjects. Um, which, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised like Tenet's coming out this year, hopefully at some point, like if I see Tenet and it's my favorite movie of the year, like that wouldn't surprise me. Like I I expect that eventually he's going to put out something that's just going to click for me. It just like, hasn't really happened in a long time, um, since like Memento and the Batman movies. Um, so, so Dunkirk, you know, we were talking about earlier when we were talking about there will be blood, like movies that you didn't like the first time that it Mm -hmm. took a while to click for you. Uh, Dunkirk was like that for me. Um, I, yeah. when I saw Dunkirk, I, I mostly like, couldn't, I couldn't, I had no idea it was what? happening in Dunkirk for like the first hour. Yeah. I so, so I didn't confused. know that I did not I like, know the, the time shifting in Dunkirk and I really couldn't understand what anybody was saying in Dunkirk yeah. also. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. So yeah. which is also better. a common, a common theme in Nolan yeah. movies is that yeah. the sound is like too loud or just indecipherable because he decides right. to have a guy wearing a mask for the entire movie <laughs> yeah. that you can't hear him. Uh, this one didn't have that issue for me. I could understand everything. Although yes. I did watch this with captions, which was uh, yeah. Was well, I always do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. The pre- I was actually. I, I'll correct my earlier statement. I think the Prestige would probably be my lowest ranked. Uh, um. I, that yeah. that movie was like so far up its own ass. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> oh man, a movie I called mean, the Prestige. And that's that's the thing about this movie is that I, I I like the little bits of Nolan like. Because this was definitely, I, I agree, a movie that was probably handed to him by the studio going, hey, this seems like it would be up your alley. Do this. 
And he probably got a lot of notes back in the filmmaking of this, but you can still see where the Nolan aspects start to creep through, you know, of things you're going to see in his future stuff. So, I mean, there, there is some good stuff here. Um, it's just sort of hard to see the forest through the fog laden trees. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, the setting looked yeah, like it made me really wish that we could fantastic. travel because I'm like, I would love to go to Alaska right now. Like it just looks Dude, like it. that log chase, the log, the log roll chase is yes. amazing. Uh, so that right. was one of the scenes I noted as like a very yeah. intense scene. Like when he falls under the log, like obviously oh, yeah. I knew he wasn't going to die there, but it, that I thought that was a very intense scene. I was like, like leaning forward that in my chair the, watching um, that. That was a recurring dream nightmare I used to have as a kid. You were asking me uh, things that scared me when I was a kid. I used to have fears of drown, like dreams of drowning as a kid. And so that scene like scared the crap out of me. Like the, the idea of like not being able to come back up after being underwater is like, my biggest nightmare. And even when he tries to go up, like the logs yeah. are moving so yeah, fast, so like, like he's he gets smashed. Ladder, like he's and, he's yeah. luckily able to find the yep. the ladder. Um, and that scene followed hey, by he the found scene, the ladder. The the scene he after, found the ladder movie. He found the movie ladder exactly. <laughs> followed by the scene after it, um, mm-hmm. when we get the first face to face meeting between Walter and Will on the boat. Um, and they're talking, you know, like, and Walter's just laying out, like, what happened and why Will needs to work with him, because if Will works with him, like, they can, you know, like, they, that he can get away with, uh, with killing his partner, um, and, you know, one of the things that I did think, there were some flaws I had in this movie, obviously, but, like, one was, one of the flaws that I had was, um, that when Will kills his partner, I didn't realize that everybody around didn't know he was the one who killed him. I thought that, yeah. like, they all realize that it wasn't until a couple scenes later. that I was like, oh, wait, he's like covering this up. Um, and I, I don't think that was meant to be a surprise. I just think that wasn't very clear watching the movie that that was what was going on. I think it's because it was the fog and you don't really see anybody else around him. So you don't really know because nobody else saw it. And right. But I mean, even in, the, even in the it, aftermath, yeah. I felt like they just yeah. like all it was just like, yeah, he's like, oh, my it, God, it, there was an accident. I accidentally shot him like it wasn't intentional. And yeah. like the cops but, knew that and it was just kind of like part of the job and it wasn't but, until a few scenes yeah. later that it was a that they actually like uh made that clear and i mean that's the other thing is that he could have just said that and this whole thing would have been fine and not necessary he could Maybe, have just but he's under it. investigation by but, internal affairs and so and he shot his, he mean, he shot his partner. Like, I think it's probably still a big deal to, like, shoot another cop, I would assume. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, if you're, you know, I mean, I don't know. Other cop movies have always told me, you know, you're if you're a good cop, you own up to a good shoot or a bad shoot. You yeah, know, well, he wasn't a good cop. Enough, you know? Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not a good cop. cop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he, he wasn't. Yeah, that's and, like, but that's... I think he was a good cop before like recent events had him like have to you know give up his morality, which is kind of what we find out a little bit of at the end. And he convinces Ellie like not to cover up for him because like he doesn't want her to lose her innocence and morality the way right. he did. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I understand why he, he for sure does like the right thing from like protecting himself because it will absolutely be looked at as he was killing his partner intentionally because he had just learned that he was testifying against him. And like, there's, there's basically going to be no way for him to rebut that presumption. I mean, it will be, you know, he obviously did shoot him. So like, that's like the start 
starting point is that you shot him and the fact that you had an axe right against this guy potentially and that basically killing him is the only is eliminating the only witness against your wrongdoing that's going to end your career potentially um it, i not not from like a technical legal standpoint but from just like a persuasion standpoint like the burden is going to fall on him to show that this was an accident and that's gonna be really hard for him to do True. Uh, speaking of the I mean, internal affairs, bring in a weather, bring in a weatherman to say how buggy it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my. Uh, so speaking of the Jerry internal Gallo, get Jerry Gallo on the case. Uh, speaking of the internal affairs investigation, uh, what did you guys think of the reveal that, like, early in the credits, we see like mm-hmm. a white background with red, you know, slowly growing, which is actually a, a, a motif that we're seeing on Westworld a lot, a lot this season as well. Um, you know, the red growing on the white, and we don't quite know what it is. It could be snow. You know, it's obviously blood. Um, it, what did you guys think of the reveal that, like, what we were seeing was him uh, getting the blood on his sleeve when he was planning the evidence back in L.A., you know, the the case that is being investigated by Internal Affairs? Brendan, what did you think of that? I didn't get that that's what that was at all. Oh, was that <laughs> so that's Same. what's revealed at the end. I was happy. I was happy when you asked Brendan first. Oh. I didn't get what that, that that's what that was supposed to be at all. So if yes. that was the intention, it was lost on me, sir. Right. So it was blood. It was bad blood. storytelling. His, his I mean, I got, I got it. I was taking it as a metaphorical thing, like of his like corruption. Yeah, I think you can take it that way. But I was taking actually... it as a metaphorical, you know, yeah. visual effect. But what we were literally seeing was we were seeing, you know, when he planted that evidence, because he he said that what he did was he planted blood from a child uh, in the in the home of uh, or on the evidence of the of the suspect that he knew did it. And, you know, and then he's like, I think the whole thing that led to this investigation was like there was blood on his sleeve. um, And I think that's what they found. So uh, apparently that wasn't clear to anybody but me. Totally not clear to me. All right. Next question I wrote down. Uh, so Will in the movie, when he's, uh, so he, at one point he's trying to fall asleep and this is when he looks at the clock and it says four o'clock yeah. and he's just like tossing and turning. He puts a piece of gum in his mouth and he starts chewing gum. And I, and I was like, that's kind of so weird. Do people do that when they're going to go to sleep? No. Like he starts chewing gum. No. But then the scene when he's driving around Kay, Kay is the girl who got murdered. He's driving around her high school friend. Um, mm. And he's like, do you want a piece of gum? The gum it helps you stay awake. Yep. So that so, was yeah. That, yeah. So that that really stuck out, stuck out to me, and that's where I'm like, well, like, yes, he's uh, he can't sleep, but like, why would he put in gum when he's trying to fall asleep? Is he like subconsciously trying to keep himself awake or like keep himself in this like hazy status? Because why would you? It doesn't make any sense why he would chew gum. So was he intentionally trying to set all this up, the entire thing, stay awake and make a mistake and? Was was this was this all intentional? Was he? I mean, I think that could be one reading, and I don't want to like keep going down that road every movie we podcast about. But that is the same reading I had on Memento last week. Was that like there is a part of there was a part of him that was behind this, and you know maybe there's a part of him that was like he doesn't want to let himself sleep now, whether that's because he wants to be in a daze so he can have a reason to kill somebody or just like, they do talk a lot about how it's not the sunlight that keeps you up, but it's the guilt. Uh, You know, the bad cops can't sleep because of the guilt. And so he, he clearly has guilt. And, um, you know, I I think a flaw of this movie is that it doesn't set up enough, like why he has guilt um, or what he's done. That's so bad. We just know like yada, yada, he did something bad. Yeah. Um, Uh, Did you pick up on the chewing gum thing at all? I did. Of course. 
What did you pick up on it, Brendan? So, yeah, it, it did strike me as odd that he was chewing gum when he was trying to go to sleep and then said that it helped keep him awake. And I, I just, you know, in talking about it, just thought about, like, the way that that could have been meant to symbolize that he actually wasn't trying to go to sleep at all until the very end of the movie. Like, it, or there was at least, con- he had conflict about it. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I think there's just, like, there, there's... You know, it's not a perfect movie. It definitely has its flaws, but yeah. I think it's it deals with some interesting stuff, especially for an early. I mean, I guess it's his third movie, so it's not that early for Christopher Nolan. And uh, apparently, it was a good enough movie that, like, you know, he. I think Batman Begins was the next movie he did, or did he do the Prestige right. after this? Um, I think Batman Begins was next. Yeah, the, Batman Begins Prestige was, next was movie. yeah, it was during the the Batman trilogy. Was in between, yeah. Okay. So the question, I mean, the question is, did he do this movie knowing he already had a deal for Batman so that he just sort of yada yada this to get the funding he needed for Batman? I don't or? think so, because this came out in 2002 and Batman didn't come out till 2006. Okay. Let's find okay. out. Batman mm-hmm. Begins was 2005. Okay. 2005. Okay. And the pr- the press was, ho- was, was hired in He was hired in January 2003. So the, the yeah. insomnia was already out before he was hired for Batman. Got it. Got it. Okay. And I mean, you know, Brandon, you did pull the, the top part of the Wikipedia about this movie. It did yeah. gross over $113 million yeah. worldwide, and the budget was only $46 million. I mean, we were in peak weird movies about weird murders and weird cops around this time. Like, this is peak time for this type of movie where we had, you know, odd settings, disgruntled cops, and murder mysteries. And between, you know, 2000 and 2005, there's at least two dozen movies that are exactly kind of like this with different twists and turns. So, I mean, it makes sense that this movie made money. um, For sure. One thing that I wanted to... One thing, one thing that I wanted to talk about, not about this movie per se, but I was looking at Hilary Swank's uh, career, and this is a an actress with two Oscar wins. Mm-hmm. She was she was the I think best supporting or best or best actress in uh, Boys Don't Cry, and then won a second Oscar for Million Dollar Baby. And the rest of her filmography is like super pathetic for someone who mm-hmm. has two Oscar wins. It's like really crazy when you go through it. Like this movie is she probably the third. It's probably the third most, third most famous movie. It's not that she disappeared. She was like nothing before and also nothing after. It's crazy. She was in the hunt. Yeah, exactly. I know. That's what I was hunt. about to say. She yeah. disappears until the hunt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it says she was in Logan Lucky, which I still haven't seen, but I've heard good yeah. things about. But like these are uh, these are the these are the movies between her two Oscar wins. She, she won Boys Don't Cry in 1999. Then she was in a movie called The Gift, The Audition, The Affair of the Necklace, Insomnia. Fine, that's a movie that people have heard of. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Space Between, Eleven colon fourteen, The Core, Red Dust, Million Dollar Baby. Oof. Yeah, so that's really bad. That's like that's a really bad. weird like Oscar no. sandwich like, like to have. Weird. Yeah. Movies. Like I, I, I would, I would be surprised if you could find anyone else like that, that with, with that kind of career, with like two Oscar wins and then just like nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I feel like if we had a little bit of time to research, I bet you could and, find some other people who. Were and it's not like nominated. she stopped making movies. Like she's in one, two, right. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Like almost twenty movies since Million Dollar Baby, and probably Here's the only the one that I've heard of is The Black Dahlia. I don't know. Yeah. And nobody saw the Black Dahlia. Yeah. You just know about it because of the podcast and the murder. 
No, I mean, I've never seen it. I remember seeing yeah, I the, the poster for it. I think that's why I know about it. So someone needs to like figure out what's going on here. It's very strange. Yeah, I feel like when I was watching this, I thought of I th- I felt like at her peak, they wanted Hillary Swank to be the new Julia Roberts. Like she definitely because like reminds she has that me. Same look. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, she's much more rugged than Julia Roberts. Not Julia Roberts. Yeah, but she looks um, like a young Julia Roberts, basically, and that's that's what it is. So, um, so and, uh, while we're talking about, uh, or go ahead, Brennan. No, I was just gonna say like. Hillary Swank was a weak point for me for this movie because it just I didn't buy her character. I, I don't know. I just don't think she's a for a double Oscar winner. I don't think she's the most compelling actress. Um, and I didn't necessarily buy her in the role um, until the until the end, actually, um, when she sort of steps up and has some agency. But I didn't buy because I don't think she believed that her character was as dumb as she was for the first hour and a half of this movie. Yeah, she, I don't, I don't think she as an actress believed her character was this dumb and it played that way until the last like 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I I think I wish that they would have played up with her character a little bit more that she is like fangirling over this famous detective. And I guess that would have had them like, they would have had to really push more that, uh, that Al Pacino's character was, like this well well renowned like world renowned like famous detective um and like that she because she really like idolizes him clearly um i did love her jeep though like that jeep that like bright blue jeep i thought that was awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would say she's she's almost like the the eli manning of actors because she has the the two the two oscar the two oscar wins and then just like didn't even like make the playoffs the rest of the career right that that's actually a really good comparison. It's actually uh, a really good comparison because uh, you could actually give just as much credit for those two Oscar wins to Morgan Freeman and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, I guess this movie would be like the uh, the time Eli Manning like won a couple playoff games but didn't make the Super Bowl. Basically, right? I don't. Yeah, right. I, I don't know if that even ever happened. But I think yeah, he. I don't know if he's. I don't think he won, has won a playoff game in his career other than those two postseasons, which obviously he was awesome in. My my favorite Eli Manning stat is that uh, he finished his career one game under 500, and like they pulled him at the end of last season for uh, Daniel Jones, right. and when they did that, he ended up be, he was one game short of 500. So it's like he has two he has two Super Bowl wins and is uh, under 500 for his career. I'm making sure I remember to write this down for my tweet about it later. The, the Eli Manning of Christopher Nolan movies, Insomnia. Yes. Well, the Eli Manning of, of actresses, not of Christopher Nolan movies. No, but it's a better tweet that way. Debatable. Uh, All right. So we've talked about, you know, we talked through the movie. Um, I think one thing that we haven't really touched on is Robin yeah. Williams at all. Uh, obviously, the first Robin Williams movie that we've talked about, but. Uh, what it, I think this was the the start of Robert Williams trying to do some like serious darker roles, which mm-hmm. definitely take on a different um, perspective yeah. on those no, now we, after he yes. after he committed suicide yeah, in twenty four. Another really dark movie that came out around this time called One Hour Photo. Spoiler alert for later. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I guess a, one yeah, hour yeah, photo. yeah. Yep. Robin Williams. Robin Williams got into the dramatic game in the mid eighties, as we all know. But really, like, had a went dark in his drama around this time, and it's really interesting. Um, I actually really like him in this, um, because it's nice to see him. Like, he is actually a really good actor, yeah, and has a lot of range. And it's it's weird to talk about 
without like yeah as you're saying without it being a little awkward but like this is movies like this feel like him trying to work out some demons you know what i mean it was like, really sad i feel like yeah it was, it was like it's, it was it was yeah. sad for me to watch this like knowing what happens in real life to rob williams um and just like that he like must have lived with some really really strong demons and yeah um you know, I, you know, growing up, I obviously knew Rob Williams, you know, as the genie in Aladdin and Jumanji and Mrs. Doubtfire. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was, this is a different turn for him. And, um, I thought it was interesting. I thought, you know, his performance, it wasn't like, it didn't knock me out of the park. None of the performances really knocked me out of the park in this movie. Um, but you know, my, my biggest complaint is that like, I wish it, I, like it wasn't spoiled that he was in this movie because he doesn't even yeah. show up for the first hour. Yeah, I mean, you know, after after like half an hour, you know, he's going to be the killer, right? Um, and because yeah, exactly. And I, there's no way really that they would ever like release this movie and not tell you Rob Williams is in it. And so I don't right. really know. That's what, the other. The problem. only other thing you could have done was like if they had just like somehow shoehorned in earlier in the movie as like just some like a per, some person of interest or just somehow right. involved in some way. And they, um, they tried to give you the boyfriend as that person of interest, but he's such a nothing character that you immediately know that it's not him because it's not a known actor. And you right. know Robin Williams is in this movie. And like, especially, I so, mean, there's no way to not know Robin Williams is in this movie 18 yeah. years later, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, you can't do anything about it. No. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I mean, it was like the poster is Rob Williams, Hillary Swank, and Al yeah. Pacino. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and, it's and like and a reverse Drew Barrymore from Scream. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought he was good. You know, he was like, like, a yeah, high efficiency in this movie. Like I thought he did a lot with limited yeah. screen time. Yeah. He was very good. Yeah. Was like, very, I, I love, he, I love Robin Williams. He so, does great voice work. All of his, I really like what they did with all of his scenes where he's talking to Will on the phone. You never see it from Robin Williams's perspective. You just hear his voice. And I thought those were all really well done. Yeah, and uh, that because was that was something I wrote down as a connection between this movie and Memento is that we had uh, you know a hotel and a mystery phone conversation just like in mm. Memento. Yeah, good one, good one. Um, yeah, and uh, you know we talked about how the next movie that Christopher Nolan makes obviously is a Batman movie, and the most famous thing about the Christopher Nolan Batman movies is the Heath Ledger performance as the Joker. And as I was mm. watching this movie, I kind of was thinking like. In another world, could Robin Williams have been like? Would it have been interesting to see Robin Williams play the Joker in a Batman he movie? Wanted to be. Oh, did he? Yeah. He um, actually, yeah, I believe it was. Um, him and Nicholson were both up for it in the 1990 Batman. No, and I Batman. believe he was up for it again before Nolan cast Heath Ledger. I mean, because he's got Robert. that same so, like yeah. comedic dark sense. Yeah. I mean, he could have even you know he, he was, was alive. Like he yep. could have been in the the Joker movie that came out last year uh, instead of Joaquin Phoenix. He was uh, he was rumored both times, both in ninety and again for Nolan to be the Joker. So yeah, it's yeah. It I feel like a, that that is like a perfect role for him because you need that like dark comedian. Mm. So yeah, it, uh, it's it's really interesting to think about Robin Williams. It's it's it was fun to go through his IMDb to look for connections today and just oh, like. For sure. The, the wide range of different types of movies he was in and ones I'd forgotten about that he was in. Um, one that I saw was, uh, did you guys ever see Father's Day with Robin Williams and Billy Crystal? I never saw it, but I've heard of it, yeah. Uh, I love Billy Crystal, so. Yeah, he's like the slapsticky character in that movie. Okay. Uh, 
Man. Right, yeah. and oh, maybe I did see it. Is Billy Crystal like really straight laced, and he's yeah? I think they're brothers. And, yeah, and they're looking for the they're like they're looking for the same person who they think is their father. They both think yeah, is their right. father. Um, I believe. Did you see that one off? I don't like the reverse twins. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I would say Mrs. Doubtfire or Aladdin are like his his most well known roles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. right. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, we didn't really dive too much into Al Pacino. Do you guys have thoughts on Al Pacino? Do you have... Uh, I love uh, Al Pacino. Um, later career, Al Pacino kind of has this... The screaming. Yes. Streaming and, and... I mean, he doesn't even scream that much in this movie. But yeah, he's he has like this. a world. He has a world of weariness about him that both is his own and the characters, and they just sort of bleed together. And you're not sure where Pacino ends and the character begins. And I think that's a leftover from Heat. There's a lot of Heat in this character. Yeah, in another world, this could be the cop from Heat who, yeah, uh, like then gets hired on to to yeah. invest. And I kind of like to, I kind of like to believe in a world that is <laughs> that maybe this is a secret sequel to Heat, and then I might bump it up a little. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's 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 a good Al Pacino performance in a movie that he seems not as interested in and that i think that's I think that's a problem and that the movie has is that pacino doesn't seem as interested in the material as the script wants him to be and it, so it, I, don't, I, I don't i don't think he seemed uninterested to me i think it was just that this was like and i appreciated that this was a subtler performance it wasn't al pacino screaming um, which is what I'm so used to and what I just like don't really, you know, I mean, Al Pacino obviously is like amazing in Godfather, you know, one through three, even in the third one, he's really good. Um, and you know, he, he's good in a lot of movies, but I feel like for a long period of time until the Irishman, he was just in something either generic or he, he just gave like such an over the top performance. Um, and Irishman obviously was over the top, but I thought Irishman, he did a great job in. Yeah. Uh, do you have I any think, other thoughts I think on one uh, of the oh, things oh. that really worked for him in Irishman is that it had been so long since we had heard the screaming Pacino that for it to come back in Irishman felt like a um, nice bit of nostalgia. At least, so really at least yeah, a, I, a performance like that in a movie we actually wanted to see. Yeah, and I think it also it, it worked better for a character like Jimmy Hoffa who has like mm. this like larger than life like you know br- bravado to him. So it's like it, it almost made sense for Pacino to be like handing it up like that for a guy like that. Cause like that, I, I don't know much about Hoffa, but like he come like in your, in our, at least in like my imagination, like he's always come across as like being that way. So like it worked for him. Right. I mean, if the two actors who have played him in movies are Jack Nicholson and Al Pacino, there you he's go. definitely exactly. a screamer. Yeah. You know, what, what did Jack Nicholson so, play him in? In the movie Hoffa. And oh. I think that came out around 1990. So yeah. Was in the early 90s, he was in a movie called Hoffa, where he played Hoffa. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you guys do when you try to fall asleep? If you're if you're tossing and turning, is there anything that uh, you guys have as a trick? Yeah. So, so my, my my what I've learned over the years because I've had plenty, that's happened to me plenty of times. We're just like laying there and just like the time is going by. Is I like will try to like just like get out of bed, like do something for like a short period of time out of bed and then kind of just like try to start the process again. Mm. Um, sometimes even like taking a shower, I feel kind of just oh, wow. like, mm. just like tells like tricks my body into like, Oh, it's like bedtime. Even though I don't even shower at night, I don't know why it works. But for me, it's like, if I, if I'm like, if I've gone more than like an hour and I'm like tossing, turning in bed, like I know like this is not going to just like resolve itself on its own. Like I need to like, do something and take action. So like I'll get out of bed, I'll go, you know, walk around the basement a little bit and then come back up and like try again. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I usually found, thrown out a uh, podcast for me works like you were saying, Brendan. Yeah, I felt the same the same sort of start to the process though of um if I get up and go to the bathroom, even if I don't actually go to the bathroom and like, you know, rinse my mouth out with mouthwash again, you know, and then go back to bed and throw a podcast back on, I can usually fall asleep the second time. Um to whatever and I have to make sure it's a podcast that like you know, I know there's not going to be, like, an intermittent scream or yell that's going to, like, wake me up. But, like, it's just going to sort of lull me to sleep, and it'll be good. Yeah, you know, that, like, sleep, that sleep timer is great. For yeah. Podcasts. Hopefully yeah. nobody's sleeping to this podcast. Unless okay. you're Taylor Cotter. She can sleep to this podcast. So. I'm not going to yell at anybody to wake up, although I'm tempted to. Uh, all right, so we've gone, uh, of course, a long time in that. Uh, let's let's talk about the feedback we got in. I think we only got feedback from one person. Most of uh, the people who listen to this podcast emailed us and said, yeah, I saw that movie. I'm not going to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> I know Olin Fair emailed that. I think, I think Jim Crumley also emailed and said he. Yeah. I don't know. Did they even give ratings or did they just say, ah, pass? Uh, no, the only podcast. person that gave a rating was your buddy Jeff. So, yeah, so. so Jeff, uh, Jeff wrote me. And uh, he said that he finished the movie. It was tense, but somewhat predictable. Uh, overall, it was a good movie. He gave it a right down the middle three. He said it was well done. It had good actors. He thought the plot was predictable. I think that that's the point. I think it wasn't like meant to be twisty and turny like other uh, Nolan movies. He said he was surprised to find out that the city of Nightmute was a real city. Mm. I did not. I mean, I, I assume yeah. that I didn't know that. I looked it up. It's a population of 208 people. 208. Okay, so this looks like uh, it was way more than 208 people. I mean, I can't even they have like a school if there's 208 people in that city. Yeah, I don't so, know. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, they could like combine with some other. Well, I don't That's know how it works out. Right. There. Alaska. I don't know how close they are to any other city or anything. I have so. heard like Alaskan cruises. I mean, I have no interest in going on a cruise. Anymore. <laughs> I've heard like Alaskan cruises are really nice. Yeah. Um, maybe That's someday. Maybe in like 2025. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff continued. He said, it is once again a movie I wouldn't watch on my own without this podcast. And he wants you guys to know that he means that in a positive way. He appreciates that we give him suggestions for things. Uh, And he said, Av, I have felt good about every one of the movie recommendations that you guys have had. Nice. Even Magic Mike Double XL. I don't think that's true. Not based on what he does. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. Uh, He's just forgetting. That's an early one. (laughs) He said his only hesitation was that he hadn't watched the movie recently, so he couldn't come up Mm. with more than one connection. And as a side note, he says he's really enjoying the Curb podcast. Nice. Oh, excellent. There you go. All right, pretty, Jeff. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Glad so, to have you on board. He, uh, I don't know if he's still has Seinfeld episodes left. I think he's like almost done with that. I, I can't believe how fast he binged the Seinfeld podcast. That's, a, that's impressive. He also says more to come. So thank you, Jeff, for listening. And keep listening, buddy. So, we appreciate it. Um, I, also I was, was trying to convince on... Jeff to watch this movie, and he said that he was too much of a boomer to watch this movie. And I told him there were lots of boomers in this movie, so That's it was fair. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I also am planning on um, maybe this summer starting a curb watch because I definitely have not seen all the episodes and all the seasons, and it would be fun to do that and try to catch up with uh, Av in the podcast. So. All right. Well, we're uh, we're only going one uh, one episode a week, so you can. Uh, yeah, you, you can catch up in a, a few days, probably. And each episode days. is shorter than an episode of Lost or a MCU movie, so it's... Right, easy. that's also true. But, I mean, I'll, I will stop down and listen to the podcast after each one, and yeah, so that's that, right. that would slow... Well, the, yeah, I mean, of course. But yeah, so uh, so Jeff gives it a three. Um, Zach, he's, our, he's our lone listener rating. He gets full yeah. control of the listener rating. This yeah, he gets one-fourth one fourth control over the nope. overall. All right, what else no we got? Jeff all right. should have all that power. <laughs> um... I'm going to give my rating last because I'm going to be the highest. Of the okay. Day. All right. So I, I'll, uh, 
Go ahead, Frederick. Go ahead. <laughs> so I'm going to give this movie a oh, 2.5, which is not my lowest rating of anything I've ever given. There are things I like about this movie, but unfortunately, I just don't feel like it's one, Nolan's strongest effort, and two, the, and I've seen a lot of crime movies, I've seen a lot of murder mystery movies, and this one just didn't do it for me and maybe if i was watching this for the first time i'd feel differently but even then i it just didn't it just didn't strike the right chords for me um i'm I'm gonna go with a 2.5 and that's based solely off of the incredible alaskan cinematography and the performances of the two lead actors in al pacino and rob williams uh 2.5 yeah, I'll uh, I'll echo the same uh, the same score two point five. Um, it's kind of just like right down the middle for me. It's like it's not terrible, but it's not. It's just also not just like not memorable to me. Like I don't think I'm ever gonna really think about this movie unless somebody else brings it up. Um, so yeah, for that reason, like you know, and it's it's well made enough that like it's not gonna get like a really dreadful score. Um, I just was kind of left like shrugging my shoulders when it ended. So. Uh... Yeah, I'm somewhere between a 3.5 and a 4 on this movie. Um, obviously, I liked it both, more than both of you guys. Uh, it, it's got its flaws. And, you know, Av, what you were saying about it not being memorable, like, I, I kind of agree with that, where I, I think in the moment, <clears throat> I really like this, especially because I came in with such low expectations. Um, but I can't imagine, like, I would go back and watch Insomnia anytime in the next, you know, five, six years. Um so I think I'm going to go with a 3.5, even though I'm more of like a 3.75. Um, you know, overall, I thought pretty good. Definitely uh, Nolan's, probably Nolan's weakest, but still a good, you know, we we're talking about MCU earlier and like the weakest MCU, probably like Incredible Hulk. Um, right. And I would say. And even know, that is a 2.5. Yeah, even that is like, like it's, yeah. it's got some stuff because it's MCU. And right. this has got some stuff because it's Christopher Nolan. It's got some good concept. I was thinking a lot about uh, a movie I didn't see, but The Snowman, which uh, I think is like a murder mystery with um, what's his name, Fassbender in it. Yeah. yeah, which got very bad reviews. And I, I'm curious if like this is like Nolan's version of The Snowman. And had Nolan made The Snowman, would it have been a better movie? I wish I had thought of putting The Snowman in my uh, in my yeah, connections. But does I anybody not. want to watch The Snowman next week? No. Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah. So uh, with that, I think so we got a 3.5, a 3, so a 2.5, it's a going to average out to a 2.875, which I will generously round up despite my better judgment to Generously? It's 2.8. It's a 3. It's a 3. You have to round a 2.8 up to a 3. Right. You can't. That's not. You're not being generous. No, just, yeah, that's, just, that's just how rounding works. Yeah, that's how so rounding works. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so three. I think that's, right, that's good. Fine. It's a three. Uh, this was episode 17, so in a couple weeks, we were going to find out what our top 10 were. I don't yeah. think this is going to be in our top 10, guessing. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I would recommend. I mean, you know, especially if this is streaming for free. I don't know if I would recommend somebody pay to see this unless you're trying to catch up on Nolan. Um, but, you know, this is probably going to be on Hulu or Netflix at some point in the near future. And, you know, if you've got a couple hours, you're looking for something interesting to watch. I think it's it is more interesting and better than what people give it credit for. I M O. So, uh, with that, uh, let's move on to our latter suggestions from our listeners. And uh, of course, every week we discuss a movie, and then at the end of the podcast, we pick a movie for the next week's podcast. 
That is the latter suggestions. That is a section we are going to. Once we do decide on our movie, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your feedback, your uh, ratings, and of course your connections for a movie following that one. So you can send that to at Ladder Movie on Letterboxd and Twitter. You can email us themovieladder at gmail.com. And as always, we do add our listener suggestions and our suggestions onto our Letterbox watch list. So if you're looking for a suggestion of something to watch, you can go to Letterbox. You can look at the watch list. You can sort it by all kinds of things to pick a movie. So I know people are looking for content these days. Probably yeah. good, good opportunity. So uh, with that, uh, Brendan, why don't you take us through our listener suggestions? Yeah, so we got some good stuff this week. Um, so your podcast partner, Matt Johnson, Wrote in uh, with a couple of suggestions this week. He actually um, was the one that pointed out to me and you, and I didn't realize this, that there was a 1997 original Insomnia that's a Swedish film starring the uh, preferred Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård, that came out in 1997, Insomnia. So he says maybe we should try to watch that. Um, He also (laughs) says we could watch The Machinist, which is the Christian Bale movie, and it came out, it was Christian Bale's last movie before he made Batman Begins. And the connection is that this is uh, no one's last movie that he made before Batman Begins. So Batman Begins is actually the connection. But um, And he also does not sleep in that movie. Okay. Well, he also does not sleep. He's an insomniac. I did, oh, yeah. I did write that down. I just totally skipped over it. But yeah. Uh, that movie, so I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've seen nope, it. It's, I uh, it's pretty disturbing. It's really well made. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. It's actually like the most incredible body transformation because not only does Christian Bale like have insomnia and go through an incredible body transformation, but then he like turns it all around to play right. Batman. And, 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 yeah, I think he probably gained he, like seventy pounds. Yeah, he gets in bad shape like instantly. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I worry about Christian Bale's health because he also yeah. gained a ton of weight twice. I, I mean, he's he's like or, the yeah. ultimate yo-yoer. I mean, he I wouldn't a, be surprised. a ton of vice, and then he was like yep. skin and bones in Ford v Ferrari. He's ridiculous. Yep. I oh, that's right. Yeah. If the dudes had like three heart attacks on the down low, we don't know it. Uh, I know like, he said that his doctors told him he can't do that anymore. So I think the, those <laughs> yeah. days are done. Uh, yeah, I would think. I mean, like, yeah, he gets ripped to play Batman. Yeah. yeah. Well, I Olin, yeah, Olin Just, wrote in as usual, um, and he wrote in with a couple of Alaska-based films, which I appreciated. Good. Um, also, speaking of black and white movies where you'll have to read title cards, uh, The Gold Rush from 1925 starred Charlie Chaplin, um, which I saw, I took a Chaplin co- class in college and really enjoyed uh, all the movies that I discovered during that, um, would be excited to revisit that. Uh, Grizzly Man, which is the Werner Herzog documentary about Timothy Treadwell, the uh, conservationist who enjoyed living in Alaska amongst the grizzly bears. Um, And then he also uh, recommends, this doesn't have anything to do with Alaska, uh, High Anxiety, which is the Mel Brooks film in which uh, Mel Brooks has anxiety, and anxiety is a common symptom of insomnia. So there you go. I think That's high anxiety I- is a parody of um of mostly uh what is the Hitchcock movie? The the uh Vertigo. Oh <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. mostly parodying Vertigo. I think it does a lot of of Hitchcock, but that actually could be kind of fun. That could that, actually be right. That would yeah. really piss Jeff off if we picked a different <laughs> Mel Brooks movie that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it really would. 
I'd, I'd be down for it. I'd, I saw it a long, long time ago, but I don't yeah, really remember same. anything about it. Yep, same. Uh, the uh, prolific Jim Crumley wrote in to say The World According to Garp, which is a Robin Williams uh, playing an eccentric character. Um, it's a Robin Williams movie that wasn't well regarded when it first came out, which also is a connection, but um, might be worth uh, taking a second look at. Uh, Jeff walks in, uh, writes in to say uh, Young Frankenstein once again. Uh, there is a scene involving fog in Young Frankenstein, so there's your connection. Uh, I do not have any Aaron J. suggestions to spite. Oh, yes. So I put that in there because I didn't want to spoil it. Uh, oh, okay. So my brother, I told my brother, I texted my brother after I watched this movie. And usually when we watch movies, we text each <laughs> other after we finish it. And he's always like, oh, you got to watch this like random foreign movie from the 60s. It's five hours long. Of uh, course. There's, there's some German movie that he texted me the other day. He's like, it's five and a half <laughs> hours long. He's like, it's so good. I was like, all right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but I know, he, so I texted him after I watched this, and I was like, you should watch Insomnia. It's better than people say. And mm-hmm. I was like, if you watch it, you can send me your suggestion before we record the podcast. Well, I didn't hear from him, but I know that if he watched it, he would have sent me the suggestion of Midsommar. Uh, yeah, because Midsommar is like yeah. one of his favorite movies, and the whole movie takes place in the daylight in Sweden. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, right. basically, that's, that's the connection. So I, know, I, I yeah. told him, I said, once you watch this movie, let me know, because I know what you're going to suggest is your movie. And they both they both have the letters S O M in the middle of their titles. Oh yeah, Midsomnia. Yeah. Midsomnia. Yeah. Midsom- in, in, in Somar. I do love that uh, Christopher Nolan has all of these movies that start with N. He's got Inception. He's got Interstellar. Also like, he's got uh, Insomnia. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I really liked Midsommar. Um, it would be funny to pick a different film that takes place in Sweden rather than the Swedish film this was based on. That's true. But sure. <laughs> uh, and that would definitely be our most current. Like, I don't think we've done anything like yeah. within the last couple of years. So, no, yeah. I don't think um, and yeah, that would that would be an interesting one. It's funny because that wasn't even actually suggested, but it was just like presumptively suggested. I'll put it up there. Yeah, I'll put it up there as a suggestion. It's solid. Um, Av, why don't you go through your connections first, please, sir? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was gonna. I I have two. Uh, all three of these are movies I've not seen before. Um, one was the one I uh, alluded to earlier, uh, Robin Williams playing a creepy character. Uh, I think this movie also came out in 2002, so that also works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, We talked about One Hour Photo before, which I've never seen. And th- I think that was a movie that I was just like too scared by the trailer to, to try to watch. Um, and I just never got to it, but would be curious to check it out. Um, the other one, my next one is a an Al Pacino classic, a movie I've never seen, where Al Pacino plays a cop in the 1973 Sidney Lumet movie, 1973. Uh, Serpico, Wait. sorry. Oh, I was like, the movie's called 1973? Yeah, uh, I said the 1973 yeah. twice. Um, Serpico, which I've never seen and would love to see. It's I also about po- police corruption. Didn't Serpico just come up on something recently? Was it out? I feel like somebody talked about Serpico on something either I was listening to or watching. I don't know. Um, not sure. Is it, it's, it's Sydney Lum- is it, it's Sydney Lumet or Sydney Lumet? I never knew. Lumet. I believe it's Chris Lumet. Yeah. Lumet, okay. All right, so I got in. I could have just kept um, my mouth oh, shut. Oh, you probably, it's film squatting. It's- was probably on film spotting. No, it wasn't film spotting. Somebody's talking <laughs> about it's like what well, it might have been like a survivor podcast. They were talking about uh, like being a cop. I don't remember. I definitely Serpco just came up in something recently and I cannot remember what now. It's gonna drive me nuts. It. Yeah. Um and then for my last choice, so I uh if you I don't know if you guys noticed when you like scroll all the way down to like the bottom of Wikipedia of a of a movie, it like has like categories that that movie goes into. 
Mm-hmm. So like one of the categories on here was like films in Alaska. And then another one was films about sleep disorders. So I went to the films about sleep disorder pages and figured maybe there'll be something good there. And I saw a horror movie that I've heard people say is good, but never seen called The Conjuring. And I kind of read its description and I was like, I don't know, this doesn't necessarily sound like it's about that. So I, uh, I reached out to my co-host from There Will Be Pod, Will from America, who mm-hmm. everyone knows is a big horror movie fan. And I said, hey, does this check out? Like, I want to use this for a movie ladder. And he's like, ah, that's, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right from what I remember about The Conjuring. Yeah. Um, so I said, well, can you suggest that a, a horror movie that I can propose that does have to do with some sort of sleep disorder disorder. And he recommended a 2016 film called before I wake, which Ooh. I've never really heard of, but that's my third Good choice. It's, yeah. And it's streaming on Netflix. Wow. What a great title. And um, you just gave me an idea for my movie this uh, for one of my suggestions. Okay. okay. Right. Uh, Zach, why don't you go next? All right. So my three, so, uh, you know, one that I thought about suggesting was The Godfather because we have Al Pacino and a character named Kay, but I don't. I think we've all seen The Godfather recently, so I'm not gonna pick that. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> going off of Al Pacino, one of the movies that I wanted to suggest, and it's one I think we've brought up before. It's one I keep wanting to rewatch. It is about somebody investigating a murder. It stars Al Pacino. It is Dick Tracy. The next one is off of Robin Williams. And I, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I thought it might be an uplifting movie to watch uh, during these uncertain times, as they call them. And that movie is Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. And, one of my, one uh, of my favorites. So I haven't seen it in a very long time. Um, yep. So I would be very interested in rewatching it. Um, and my third, so I had other ones written down that I am not going to suggest because uh, I was talking, uh, when he was talking about going to the bottom and seeing sleep disorders, there's a movie that I've heard about that I don't know anything about. I just know it's supposed to be really good. It's directed by Mike Birbiglia, and it's called Sleepwalk with Me. Ah, uh, yeah, it's very good. It's it's yeah, it's it's like not fully a movie. Oh really? Uh, I mean, Should it's I it, it? It, it, it it's like a half movie, half uh, stand up special. It's like uh, one of those. Right. Okay, I'll just put that as like a uh, as tangential. If people want to watch Sleepwalk with Me, that will not be one of my suggestions. Yeah, I definitely I, recommend I, it. I think it's worthwhile, especially if you like nice. Mike Birbiglia. It's uh, oh, is that yeah, the one I, that just came out, dropped on Netflix? No, it's no, that's yeah, it's an older oh, okay. one. Right, yeah, he so, he he suffers from like sleepwalking, so that's it. Okay. Uh, so instead, I'm gonna go with the whole um, the the idea of a writer named Walter, uh, and mm-hmm. some uh, I'm not I don't know a ton about it, but I know it's supposed to be really good, and it's it's got some investigations and in, and in framing, and that is His Girl Friday from 1940, directed by Howard Hawks. Nice. Um, it doesn't look like any of us have seen it, but it's supposed to be really, this is supposed to be a great one. So, uh, classic. And I, it's, well, streaming, it's streaming or two. You picked this classic by Howard Hawks. I'm going to cl- pick a classic Bogart and go with the big sleep while we're talking about films about sleeping. Um, so I'm going to go with the big sleep as my first suggestion. And what's the opposite of going to sleep? It's being awake. My second pick is Awakenings, the Robin Williams, Robert De Niro film where uh, Robert De Niro plays a um, patient who is comatose and Robin Williams is the psychiatrist trying to get him to wake up. Um, And then my third movie, I had an initial connection. Um, I thought, okay, mystery set in Alaska. I'm going to pick mystery Alaska. And then I was like, oh, I may have just watched that for the sports pod. So I'm not going to suggest Mystery Alaska. 
So I picked Secret Window, which is about a writer living in a cabin and a bunch of crazy shit starts to happen to him. So that that was the connection. So Secret ah. Window starring Johnny Depp. I haven't thought um, about that movie in a long time. Yeah. So those are my three, The Big Sleep, uh, Secret Window, and Awakenings. All right. uh, so I'm going to... I'm going to go through what we had suggested really yeah, quick. Um, so we had Insomnia from 97, The Machinist, mm-hmm. The Gold Rush, Grizzly Man, High Anxiety, The World According to Garp, Young Frankenstein, Midsommar, One Hour Photo, Serpico, Before I Wake, Dick Tracy, Dead Poet Society, His Girl Friday, The Big Sleep, Secret Window, and Awakenings. All right. So everybody gets to pick one that was not one they suggested. Av, you go first. Yep. Um, I know you, this was one you suggested previously. I don't remember if I've picked it to advance last time or if I just I know I definitely said I was interested in seeing it. And we said, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we'll probably have an opportunity to come back to it. Um, and that is Zach's suggestion of Dick Tracy. Nice. I think it came up off of either. Was it off of Reservoir Dogs? I came off of colorful characters. And I think that was after Reservoir Dogs. But uh-huh. it was um, uh, taking a Pelham one, two, three. OK, cool. Uh, Dick Tracy would be very fun to watch. It's it's a crop it's a cop movie, but it's like it's a lot it's of like fun. A yeah, it's fun. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad you picked. Uh, Zach, why don't you pick? All right, so I'll go next. Um, so uh, I guess I will go with. I don't think the connection is strong enough for me to pick High Anxiety, but I would love to watch it movie sometime soon. So uh, mm-hmm. Olin suggests that one again. Um, I'm gonna go with Max's suggestion of The Machinist. Uh, I don't know if that would be a very fun movie to watch in the middle of a pan- pandemic, but neither of you have seen it, so. Yeah. And I am going to go with a movie that I've never seen, but I think could be really fun and would get us out of the 90s and 2000s. And I'm going to take Zach's pick of His Girl Friday because I love Powerhawks. And it could be really fun to do a classic. So I'm going to say His Girl Friday. I'm glad you picked that. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you both picked the movies. I want to get I want to get movie. out of the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Av, what do you, do you have any? I mean, you obviously like Dick Tracy. What do you What do you think about His Girl Friday? Because none of us have seen it. Um, yeah, I'm always it's, like it's, I'm always like nervous about these <laughs> movies from 1940. Well, so <laughs> it has a 4.0 on Letterboxd. It's streaming on Amazon, on Hoopla, on Canopy, on the Roku channel. Um, but it's older. So it is older. It's only 92 minutes. Starring so, starring yeah. the great Cary Grant. Hey, we could, uh, we could, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. De- I don't want to deter you from Dick Tracy because I also think a Dick Tracy podcast would be. I think very, a Dick Tracy fun. podcast could be really fun, actually, and I wouldn't. But I mean, I can't suggest Dick Tracy because you just suggested it. But I, I would. But we're now I mean, we're debating. I know, but what I'm saying is I couldn't put it on the on the picks because you had already picked oh, it. Yeah. But I, I'm fine with Dick Tracy as well. Um, uh, I'm surprised Dick Tracy is not streaming on on Disney Plus. Because Dick Tracy also feels like a 1950s movie. It's it's like because it's based on a 1950s cartoon character. So it's basically like we're picking his girl Friday. Had Dick Tracy before off? Yeah. I've never seen it before. No. Uh, have you seen? Um, so I don't know if this will sway you. Dick Tracy was my cousin's bar mitzvah theme in nineteen like ninety one. Oh, now we have to do it. Yeah, let's do Dick Tracy. If I think can, Dick Tracy. Will if be fun. people don't mind buying it, I mean, yeah, I don't mind I, buying it. It's worth. I see it. It says Hulu, but it's probably fake Hulu. Yeah, it's uh, so it's it's on uh, Cinemax. Cinemax. Uh, 
Like okay, whatever. so you can so get it. Through, uh, maybe uh, I should just subscribe to Cinemax. I'm sure. Yeah, you can get an Amazon free trial with Cinemax. Uh, yeah. Dick Tracy is going to be really fun, and I do think yeah. like His Girl Friday could come up after Dick Tracy because it's like. It uh, right. Manny Patinkin is in Dick Tracy. Okay. Yep. Oh, I didn't realize. Uh, that. I have a really fun Dick Tracy story that I will save for next week's plot. So there's a little tease. Like the idea of going to Dick Tracy. Um, I, I love Dick I mean, Tracy. It's, it's, a, it's based on a card. It's based on a comic strip or comic book. Um, yeah. And it's very colorful. It, um, it might be a really good one good to get a. Guess. I don't know if we could get a guest for it, but it might be fun to get a guest for Dick Tracy. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure you we have. You have so many great actors too. I mean, you have. Warren Beatty, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Al Pacino. I mean, it's 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 solid. Madonna shows up. Yeah, she's no, fun. This, Dick Tracy is really really fun. Yeah. I can't believe it's not. Oh, Dick and wasn't Cross. the girl that the girl that's in Dick Tracy? She's she's in one of the movies that we just did, right? Yeah, she was uh, uh, Glenn Hady uh, Headley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was in Dirty Round Scoundrels. Dirty Round Scoundrels. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, it's great. So oh, one we're thing making... I didn't talk about last week with Memento that I wrote down yeah. and I didn't get to talk about it. Now that I it's uh, behind the curtain, I've had to jump <laughs> up because it's too long. So it's just Brennan and me now. Uh, so uh, Brennan and I are both big Lost fans. And last yeah. week I talked about Memento and how uh, you know he was like ser- he kept searching for this killer, and every time he would catch him, that like he would just search for a new killer. Oh, I'm um, so glad you remembered to bring this yes. up. Yes, uh, and that yeah. is like very similar to the flashbacks for yeah. James Forrest Sword. For- yeah, so and weird. and everything with Sawyer and the uh, guy that killed his parents while he was under the bed, and yeah, yeah. Spoiler right. He's always searching for this guy named Sawyer, and he thinks and, that he and he, he eventually takes on the name. Right. He eventually takes on the name of the guy he was chasing, and it's like so deep and powerful. And certain characters like will refuse to call him Sawyer and call him James on the island just to like like validate who he really is like it's yeah. you know it's it's really interesting yeah, it, was, it was like an interesting connection to lost so spoilers for lost spoilers <laughs> from a, but uh yeah spoilers for the first two seasons of lost <laughs> um sorry so, sorry jim uh, Crumley, if you're not caught up yeah. um, all right so next week yes. we're gonna watch dick tracy as we've been gushing about i think we we're all very excited yeah. I, i'm glad i've never seen it i hope he likes it um, i hope he likes it too it's you, since i not here what do you think do you think i gonna like it I think he will find it utterly ridiculous, but in a charming way instead of a monotonous way like this movie. I think he's going to be like, wow, this is this is so much better than. uh, I think he's going to be charmed. I think he's going to enjoy the whimsy of Tracy. It's just like so colorful. Like it was a movie that when I saw it, I like I liked it, but I didn't. Yeah. I mean, the music is really fun. Like you're in the roaring 20s. I mean, it's, it's so much fun. That, and, uh, the, that performance Ooh, by Dustin Hoffman. back in business. Yeah, the, the Dustin Hoffman's performance in Dick Tracy. Oh, yeah. Mumbles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, back in business has to be the drop after we sign off. Oh, good. Now I don't have yeah. to look for it. Okay. Yeah, um, back in business is going to be our lead out. And anything else? I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. I'm excited. Um, Everywhere I look, it's Tracy, Tracy, So, Av, uh, I will do Av's fill in for him um so av you can find at asinensky on Everywhere. all platforms yeah and uh, he's on lots of he's on lots of podcasts um they i know they do they there will be pod i think they're talking about doing another one i'm not sure what they're covering um i think they were talking about doing uh not expose what's the movie you just watched uh the oh, no. one with chris hemsworth oh extraction extraction i think they might yeah. be talking about extraction sometime soon um okay. And coming up on, on Netflix, yeah, so yeah. coming up on the Curb podcast, they are up to season two, episode three, 
titled Trick or Treat. Uh, that is where Larry uh, is Halloween episode in season two. Um, I gave it a four out of five. I liked it. Nice. So, What's your uh, highest rated curved episode so far? Uh, the week before. Uh, oh, Thor. last week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Season one. two, episode I, two. Uh, Thor was my. Uh, oh, actually, my second. Better, my better second five star. I also gave a five star to Porno Gill from season one, uh, okay. which is I won't even spoil that movie, but I was like so surprised by uh, some, or in, so yeah, surprised so by that good. episode. Um, and that was an early season one episode, um, but uh, oh, Thor was better, and the yeah, Thor episode of, of Curb much of better Thor. than Thor. Uh, yeah, Thor episode of Curb is much better than the Thor episode of MCU. But Brendan, uh, speaking of Thor, yes. Well, speaking of Thor, uh, we're about to drop uh, the Thor episode of Everything Is Super on post show recaps on Thursday. Uh, Josh Wiggler, Kevin Mahadeo, and myself behind the scenes. Uh, it's been a lot of fun going through all those. You can find us at Post Show Recaps. You can find me at Fidzy Brendan on Twitter or at BrenFids11 on Letterboxd. Um, yeah, just uh, hope you guys check it out. We're having a lot of fun going through the entire MCU. So. Yeah. Uh, and Ob's, uh, I didn't mention it. The name of Ob's uh, Curb Podcast is Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. I think it's Three Pretties. Yeah. I think Might... it is Three Pretties, yeah. I think it's Three Pretties. Uh, glad I'm not here. I'm just going to say terrible SEO for that name. Yeah. yeah. Like they should have just said pretty good. They didn't need that many pretties. You're never gonna be able to find it. Well, I think there was another pretty good pod. Is the problem? Yeah. So well, were there two other pretty good pods? Why not just pretty pretty? (laughs) Why why do you need that many? Um, I feel like this is great. We could say all these. I would bash off about all these things. (laughs) He'll Uh, never. He'll never. Now that he's not here. No, but he will. I'm sure people will chat him. All all the things (laughs) I said. Um. All right, and I am. I am at Brooks Za on all platforms uh i just did that bond podcast that i kept talking about uh finally mac and i were able to schedule it so we did a bond podcast talking about episodes or episodes uh movies six seven and eight that would be very uh very fun podcast yeah it was fun uh it was talking about uh on her majesty's secret service Mm -hmm. also diamonds are forever and live and let die yeah. Now that I finally recorded that podcast with Mac, I can start watching more Bond movies. So I'm going to watch mm-hmm. all the Roger Moore movies than him and I are going to get together again. Uh, you can find that podcast on my other podcast feed, Dial P for Podcast. That podcast feed is basically like my open blog where we can put anything. So I'm trying to think of more content to put up there. Uh, might do a, might, might do dark episode recaps when the show Dark comes back on Netflix. I would be excited to do that. Uh, I'm, I definitely want to do so when Dark comes back. I definitely want to do episode by episode podcasts somewhere because that show needs to be broken down. Oh, 100 percent. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to try to do daily podcasts on that uh, on some platform, maybe on maybe on Dial People podcast. Maybe I will talk to your boss and see if I can get it on a different podcast maybe, feed. Um, maybe you and my boss can get together because I know he wants to podcast about it, too. So and there's something else I was going to talk about. Oh, if you're a Rob's podcast patron. We are going strong with our weekly patron trivia. So, mm-hmm. uh, those have been really a, fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Become a podca- uh, patron of Rob if you're a fan of Rob, and then you can join those trivias. You also can find my uh, Spork Alive trivia shows. You go to sporkalive.com slash virtual, search for Zach B. You will find my trivia show. So, if you're interested in playing trivia, hosting trivia like a ton of times per week, just look for my shows. Uh, those it's only five dollars per device to sign up and it's an online experience or if you want to do like a per, uh, private show uh, chat with me and i can give you some more information on that so lots going on in this quarantine world for the two of us yeah totally i uh 
What we'll are you going to do when you get off of this? Are you going to watch something or are you going to bed? I'm going to go to bed, my friend. Um, I, I need to sleep. I haven't slept. So. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> very fitting end to this podcast. All right. Well, thanks for that joining us. We'll joke. see you next week for Dick Tracy. Jokes. Keep up. Yeah, so see you next week for Dick Tracy. All right, man. Today it seemed the world was about to end Didn't it look as though it wouldn't last half a year Yesterday disaster waited around the bend Well my friend, 